0: For the last several months, we have been on the symbols of the Holy Spirit. I trust that everyone has an outline. I want you to have one. If you do not have an outline, they have one. And uh, just raise your hand, and they will make sure that you are given an outline to go by. You You can remember a whole lot more of what you read. Than what just what you hear. And as I said, we've been on this series now for a while. We started off with river, that's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. We also included the fire, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And then we included the wind, which was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. A river. A river. Ezekiel saw a river. The angel took him to the temple and the great prophet Ezekiel saw a river running out from under the altar. And it flowed on and on and on. And it first of all was ankle deep. They had a measuring tape and it was ankle deep. And then it was, this river was knee deep. Then it was waist deep, and they kept on traveling till the river became a river you could swim in. Now, we know all of these represents the Holy Spirit. Now, I wonder how in-depth we are to the Holy Spirit. Are we allowing the Spirit to minister through us and to us ankle deep, waist deep? Is it? enough that we can swim in, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is active today. And I want the river of life to flow through Bethel Christian Center. I want the river of life to flow through our lives. Flow down this aisle. Flow down uh, the street, uh, Rose of Sharon go out here and flow down Coal Mill Road and flow down Guest Road and we need the Holy Spirit to flow throughout this city. To flow in our hearts and in our lives. To flow in our homes. And then we saw the Holy Spirit as a fire. God knows we need the fire to burn out the dross and all the evil and all the immorality in people's lives, the fire of the Holy Spirit. You remember the story of how that Elijah challenged the, uh, the gods of Baal and how that the prophets were challenged by the great uh, man Elijah. And then, of course, you, most of you, if not all of you, know the story of how that Elijah called fire down from heaven and the fire came and lapped up the sacrifice. The fire of the Holy Ghost that that visited the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. The church, in order to be effective today, needs the power of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen? I like that. So the Holy Spirit comes not only as a a river, but comes as a fire. And then thirdly, we share with you, he comes as a wind. Jesus told Nicodemus, a man that came to him, a Pharisee, by night. He said, Lord, I know you couldn't do these things unless God was with you. And then Jesus got right down the business with Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. How many of you know we've got to be born again? I don't care if we're Pentecostal, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic. I don't care who we are. In order to make heaven, you've got to be born again. That's what Jesus said. Paul, all the, the, the writers spoke of being born again then he talked about how that the wind blows where it wants to jesus to nicodemus it blow it blows where it desires to blow you can't see it someone said how do i know the holy spirit is is here because of the promise of god's word he promised to be here with us And if there ever was a time that we need the manifestation of the Spirit of God, it's today. It's today. Jesus told the woman at the well that if you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I will give you, you never will thirst again. He spoke of the well of the water. And for those that know Jesus Christ, they have the Spirit of God in them. He comes in, and he comes in as a well. But then there is another experience, and many have experienced, and John 7 talks about out of your belly or out of your innermost being, John 7 said, shall flow what? Rivers. Of living water. The church is not going to change the world until we can experience the manifestation of the Spirit of God as a river. As a wind. Certainly as a fire of the Holy Ghost. This morning I'd like to introduce to you another symbol of the Holy Spirit. Read with me if you will. St. Matthew chapter 3 beginning with verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized of you and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John said, okay, Jesus, I'll baptize you. When he had been baptized Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a what a dove and alighting upon him and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased Can you imagine that The Holy Spirit as a dove? Let me give you several incidents, if you will, and if you notice with me, first of all, the introduction. The dove often symbolizes the Holy Spirit, and in studying the biblical background about the dove, we can see why this symbol was chosen, and we can be reminded of the Holy Spirit's qualities. The first emblem under which we see the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is the dove descending upon the head of Jesus as he was baptized in the banks of the Jordan. The dove is a symbol of peace. The dove is a symbol of hope. Notice first of all the symbol of dove in Genesis chapter 1 in verse 2. The earth was without form. Most of us know this verse. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void. and darkness, darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, notice these words, was hovering over the face of the waters. So this world, this world that was created, not evolving, And things have been evolving. But Jesus Christ was there. God the Father was there. And the Holy Spirit was there like a bird or like a dove. Hovering. Hovering. I want to read the Amplified of that verse. The Amplified explains it even deeper. The earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep, primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth. The Spirit of God was moving. I want you to get the picture of a dove, a bird hovering, hovering, hovering. The Spirit of the Lord was Hovering, brooding—one word says—over the face of the water. There's a many a life that's void and empty and hopeless. We have families and homes and individuals. What they need is none other than the Holy Spirit to hover over them, to anoint them, to come into their lives, and to minister them. Can you see, man? The hovering. Indicating, indicating that the dove was there, that the spirit or the spirit was there like a dove. God's Holy Spirit hovering. And what I trust will happen this morning in this service, that the Holy Spirit that's here, he's here. Somebody say amen. He's here. And I hope he will hover over our lives. The earth was formless and void, or a waste of emptiness, and da- darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Holy Spirit is a creative, creative armor of the Trinity. And that's what was happening to the earth as He hovered, as He moved, and created the beauty that you see. In other words, hovering or sweeping or moving. Hovering as in the action, as I said earlier, as a bird. God, the Holy Spirit, has chosen the dove as a symbol of his presence. He's here today. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit is here today in my, in your life. Every believer has the Spirit of God on the inside. And he's moving, if you allow him to, in our hearts. This figure is the first implied in the creation accounts when the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. What a great symbol. What a great thought that the nothingness, the emptiness. Is your life empty? Is it hollow? Is it You get up every day and it's just a drag and your marriage is not what it should be and work is not what it should be. Invite the Holy Spirit. Invite the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life and let him hover. Let him move. Let him manifest himself in your life. Wow. Wow. The dove during the flood, Genesis chapter 8. Verses six through twelve. I love this story. So it came to pass at the end of forty days. Most of us know of the deluge that came, the judgment of God on mankind because of his sins, and the only people that wrote it out was Noah and his family. Noah and his family, and it rained for forty days and forty nights. Noah didn't know what was going on the outside. He didn't know. So in order for him to find out what's going on, let's notice what the writer of Genesis is saying, that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand, Noah did, and took her, and drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days, follow me, and again he sent the dove out, From the ark, then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. He waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which had, which did not return again to him three times. Three times the old raven. I used to think crows was raven until I went to Alaska and I saw ravens. Ravens are bigger than crows, not as big as buzzards. Ravens, ravens, big birds. He sent out the raven first. He didn't come back. Where was he at? He was landing on dead bodies and eating them. I mean, I mean, the evil, that raven sort of reminds me of Satan, evil that will just be as evil as he can be. But the dove would not land on those dead bodies. The dove is holy, pure. It represents the spirit of God, which is holy and pure and powerful. Great story. I'm sure you've read this story of Noah. Furlin husky, Furlin Husky. That name don't mean much to any of you, Harley, except us older heads. Here's what he said about it. Well on the wings of a snow white dove He sends his pure, sweet love A sign from above On the wings of a dove When Noah had drifted On the flood many days he searched for land in various ways. Trouble he had some. all oh, but he was not forgotten. God sent him his love. On the wings of a dove will on the wings of a snow White dove He sends his pure, sweet love A sign from above On the wings of a dove Wow! No matter where you are, no matter the trouble you're in, you can look for God to send his Holy Spirit to light upon you, and he'll touch your life, and you will never be the same. The dove in creation. The dove, my friend, during the flood. And then the dove in the... I love this one. Stay with me. Stay with me. The mosaic law. Leviticus chapter 5 and 7. If he is not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring to the Lord for his trespass, which he has committed two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. Most of us know the Mosaic law, how the sacrifices was given. Sacrifice after sacrifice, and everyone had to bring a gift to the altar, a lamb, all kind, a bull, all kind of animals they had to bring to the priest, Aaron, so he could sacrifice those on the altar for the remission of their sins and the forgiveness of their sins, God said, if you can't afford a, dove, if you can't afford a, a bull, if you can't af- afford a lamb, bring a dove. How many of you are glad today that God lets us be able to do what we can? I wrote here concerning this, worship should not be linked to the economic status of the individual. I don't have what you have. But Lord, what I do have, I bring it to you. And I lay at your feet for my redemption. Aren't you glad, my friend, that you can bring to Jesus? But aren't you glad that we don't have to bring goats and lambs and bulls and doves to the altar anymore? For once and for all, Jesus Christ went to the cross, gave his life as a sacrifice for us the dove in the Gentile account the dove during the flood the dove in the Mosaic law and then last certainly not least the dove at the baptism of Jesus Luke chapter 3 I want to read a little bit more and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him And a voice came from heaven which said, Can you imagine being there and hearing the voice of God? Wow! This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then John records it this way. All four Gospels record this account. Listen to me. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and He remained. I like that. Let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes, He stays with you. When you feel good, when you feel bad, when you're in church on Monday morning, when you're having a bad hair day, God is always with you. Can you say amen? No matter. He doesn't leave you. when you go through hard times. He's right there. He's right there. Notice this incident. The dub symbolizes gentleness. The dub symbolizes innocence and meekness. That's what the church needs today. It doesn't need harshness and anger. Have you ever seen a time when there's so much anger in our nation, in our world today? This one against that one so much hate and bitterness. We need the Holy Spirit to come and bring some gentleness and some meekness and some tenderness into our lives. the gentle, innocent, meek Jesus was a sacrifice for us. When the dove lit upon Jesus, When he was baptized, it symbolized that Jesus received an anointing. Jesus received an anointing. I woke up at 3 o'clock this past uh, Tuesday morning, and the Lord spoke some scripture to my heart. And I wrote it down and I carried it to the DMIP Durham ministers in prayer. There's about 60 ministers that we meet every Tuesday morning at 9:30 and we pray. Now there's not many that many there every Tuesday, but there's 60 ministers involved in this ministry. And there is anywhere from 15 to 20 of us that have been praying for over 20 years. And I shared this scripture, Brother Diane, with this group of ministers, and it resonated. It resonated. I'd like to share it with you, if you allow me. Luke chapter 4, and I'm sorry, Christy, I didn't give you these. Maybe you could find them, but it's in Luke chapter 4. Powerful. You say, Pastor, why would you talk about the Holy Spirit so much? Because we need the Spirit of God today. The church needs the fire of God today. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the church needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We not only need to, listen church, we not only need to be filled with the Spirit, we need to be led by the Spirit. We wouldn't mess up so many times if we allowed to listen to the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to what He wants and follow certainly His leadership. Of course, the physician Luke records there how that in the wilderness that he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights, he overcomes Satan and he came out of the wilderness, and then this is what it says in verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. I like that. You want to do something important? Stand up. It's time that the church stood up, stop being weak. Stop giving in. Be strong. Throw your chest out and say, I'm here under the leadership of the Lord. Jesus, the Bible says, he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. If you're reading the King James... And a lot of the other translation he said he's handed a book. But really and truly they didn't have books back then. In fact, not all the synagogues had all the scrolls. They usually had the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Some of them had songs. And some of the richer, more able, wealthy synagogues had other scriptures, like this synagogue had. It had the book of Isaiah. But I want you to get a picture of this man, Jesus Christ. As he stands, he's handed a scroll. Now, it was made out of animal skin. It was very expensive. Not everybody could have that kind of scroll here's a scroll watch him that's quiet we think we've got to be saying something every minute we think we've got to be doing something listen it's wonderful to take time we live in such a pace and a haste today we've got to have a radio going our phone going the television going we've got to be talking hush Be quiet. He unfolded the scroll. Notice what he turned to. It took time to turn to that particular place. It was not like having a Bible with chapters and verses and it took time. Listen to me. He got that scroll and he said. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. (laughs) Because He has anointed me. Notice, if the church needs to know its responsibility, responsibility and its duty today, what am I supposed to be doing today, Pastor? He has anointed me. Preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce, release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. I believe that was a physical blindness, but I believe more than that. It was a spiritual blindness. This country, I don't know what's wrong with people today. I don't know about Washington, D.C. today. What in the name of the Lord is going on in people's mind? I'll tell you what it is. They're blinded. They need the Spirit of God to come on them and get rid of the scales from their eyes so they can see common sense. Jesus said, and recovery of sight to the blind. To set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. So many today are hooked on alcohol and drugs, all kind of sin. They need to be delivered. Now lay me down. The sleep prayer is not going to get it done. We're going to need to pray through and get the manifestation and the moving of the Spirit of God and the church needs to have an early church experience of the anointing and baptism of the Holy Ghost. To set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, You'll meet them every day. You'll meet them in the grocery store. You'll meet them at the phil station. You'll meet them at work. Be sensitive to that. My wife is so sensitive to that. I wish... I'm jealous. She's so sensitive to what? The needs of people. The oppressed, bruised, crushed by tragedy. Then he says to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of God abound greatly. Let me tell you, church, let me tell you, the favor of the Lord is upon us today. All we've got to do is receive it. The favor of the Lord. Then verse 20... I don't know why Luke recorded it, but he did. He took time to roll it up. <laughs> We're in such a hurry today. We get to church just when the bell rings, and we leave after, right after the Amen. And we got to God help us to stop bask in His presence. Take time to unroll the scroll. Take time to fold it up. Take time. And Jesus, the Bible says, handed it to the attendant. Then stop there. Then stop there. Then he sat down. He knew when to stand up. And he knew when to sit down. The Bible says he sat down and he taught them. I mentioned the Mosaic law and the sacrifices, if you've ever studied the temple and the furniture that was in that temple, all the furniture that was there that the priest used and sacrificed every day, over and over and over again, those lambs. And those animals they had for the atonement of their sins to continue sacrifice. But there was one piece of furniture that was not in the tabernacle. It was a chair because the priest never finished his job. But Jesus, my Lord, your Lord, our God, Our Savior, our Redeemer, sat down. Mark tells us that when he had finished talking, this is after the resurrection, Mark tells us that when he finished talking to his disciples, that he went to heaven. You know where he went? You know what happened? You know what he says he did? Jesus went and sat next to the Father. When he died on that cross, and when he said, It's finished. Every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that you ever commit, every wrong that the devil tries to hold up to you, and all of the ugliness and all the things, when he said it's finished, it was finished. And he sat down. Hallelujah. That's a good place to clap. It's done. more sacrifices there's no more blood because that shed blood on Calvary was sufficient for every person that ever lived the Bible says and when he finished he rolled up the scroll having stopped in the middle Of the verse, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down to teach. And the eyes of all those in this synagogue was attentively fixed on him. He began speaking to them. God spoke this morning. Oh, I know I've spoken. But I trust, I trust that the Holy Spirit has used me. And I humbly say that.